Good evening, everybody. Start with a little bit of the soundtrack. One of the one of the greatest soundtracks to one of the weirdest films ever made. Tis a Monday. Tis a Monday. It is the first day in August, 2022. I'm sitting here in my white V-neck t-shirt. My name is Frank. My name is Kamala Harris. So what are we going to do tonight? Tonight we're going to do a little bit of headlines because it's, you know, the weekend's over. I got some other things. I want to talk about, there's this one article I found about the landlording situation in Los Angeles, which has to be just a microcosm of what's going on elsewhere with this, where this crazy uh, eviction moratorium was put into place. So we have to talk about that. I just want to, because I want to see if anybody out there is, is going through this as a landlord um, even if you have a, just a small two-family house or anything that you collect rent on, it's becoming more and more apparent to me that it's a horrible, horrible gig to be a landlord. Um, and I know there's pr plenty of shitty landlords out there, but there's plenty of shitty renters as well. So, um, but of course the whole market is being flipped upside down by radical craziness. And I want to talk about that. Then there's also a little bit on the Joe Biden end in regard to a Zero Hedge article that was written about the upcoming election as far as what their plan is to be able to make sure that they're not going up against Donald Trump. And it just made me think a little bit more about the whole entire scenario that I have not brought up on the show a lot in the last six or seven months. But that is, again, once again, the question, is there going to be any kind of disruption to any of the next two major elections, especially when you have a global agenda that's being pushed and accelerated right now that you know that they don't have any time for any detours whatsoever. Especially with the war drums continuing to beat in the East. And so I'm going to bring that up a little bit. Uh, what else do we have tonight? I also ha I had something else. I want to ask you guys about landlords. Um, there is the drunk is maybe going to Taiwan. I want to ask you how legitimate you think that whole thing is. And then in the second half, I have some fun stuff. I got some fun things over here, including I found this list of really bad analogies that were written by high school students. I guess that were compiled by high school teachers. And they're so hilarious. I want to read them with some mood music at the end of the show. But there should be time for calls, and we might get off just a tad bit early tonight. Don't know. Anyway, tomorrow we got Roseanne Barr coming on the show. On Wednesday night, we have Danny Katz, who's coming back. I want to talk to her more. She's the author of the uh, uh, pop-up propaganda book that we had her on a few, uh, maybe about a month or so ago, to talk about word magic, spells, Spells, curses, affirmations, blessings that are all really baked into etymology of words that sometimes we don't know, but we really, really, we use a lot. So I want to expand on those words, meanings, and a few more things to do with Danny. That's on Wednesday. On Thursday, Rob is not going to be in, but Amazing Polly is. She's going to be joining me on Zoom 
So it's not just going to be an audio call. We're going to be hanging out with Polly. Everybody's going to see it. It's great. It's going to be great. And you know what I'm going to do, I believe? I'm going to crack open, not for the full show, but just to get a little taste of it, the deer scene. Because Polly, I think some of Polly's best work, I know she she digs and, and she puts things together and she's really, really great at open source investigation. And um, I know that she's she's blown plenty of minds over the years. But I think that some of her best work has been just letters from the audience, talking about life, philosophy, where life takes you, all that stuff. So I want to ask her about her deer scene. And if you're a newbie and you don't know what I'm talking about, I'll let you know right now actually because here's what i need you all to do i need you all to get on to the forum for as long as it's there because people are really being edgelords on the quite frankly there's so many places to to just talk about whatever you want but on the um on the on the subreddit is really where i wanted to build up all of our show threads and things like that and you know reddit is already just it's not a place to go there to try to red pill people so uh, God knows how long we're going to even be up there. Figures, because now we have nearly 18,000 members on the uh, on the forum. And, I don't know, maybe we just have to start cleaning it all out to preserve these threads. This is what I have up. The deer scene is coming back, ladies and gents. It is. It is uh, August. It's an August thing that we do together. And what is it? Okay, well, here's here's what the deal is. If you've ever been profoundly moved, you ever had a moving personal experience that would be very hard to make other people understand, that is what I want to talk about. Some sort of a mon- otherwise mundane occurrence in your life that happened right at a moment where you were most vulnerable or most looking for a sign or you just took something away from it so profound it stayed with you for the rest of your life left a lasting mark. And this is usually prefaced and we do it every year. Uh, this is usually prefaced with that scene from Stand By Me when Gordy comes across the, the deer on the train tracks and then a reading of the actual small uh, chapter from the novella, The Body. And I, I, I really love doing this, and it's always eliciting great responses. And so far, we have six fantastic ones. Uh, A few that were submitted to me late last year after the show had concluded. One from my cousin Sherry, uh, Chet Nixon. That one, I believe, is from Combat. Um, Vanessa, the few others. So we already have so much here. And, of course, the calls that we take that night are wonderful. But right now, I have pinned this. I have sticky this to the top of the forum on Quite Frankly's subreddit. You can go there by hitting the forum button on QuiteFrankly.tv. Leave it. Leave it behind. Leave your story. And and remember, it's a situation that left a profound impact on you, but would be very hard to get other people to understand. You know, a butterfly that showed up just when blah, blah, blah had happened or whatever. The perfect sunset or a sunrise. Something came over you. That's what we're going to be doing. All right. Well, what else do we have here? We have... I have to thank my sponsor, which is quite frankly's favorite CBD company, secretnaturecbd.com. That's right, secretnaturecbd.com. 20 years of cultivating the greatest organic cannabis experience for people. So high in CBD, low in THC. You don't get stoned, nothing like that, but it will get you ready for bed. 
It will get you ready for a nice, nice evening on the couch, reading a book. It's good after a workout. It's just great to have in your medicine cabinet for all of your tinctures and your prescribed medications from nature. That's right. So secretnaturecbd.com. It's already become a fan favorite. I get people emailing me all about them and Blue Monster Prep. So use for your promo code FRANKLY for 20% off. Get to secretnaturecbd.com. And I'm going to have to get Tyler on from Secret Nature. I'd love to talk to him about his stuff and, and uh, finally have that conversation. All right. Into the grab bag we go further. Ric Flair. I could not believe I saw this headline. Ric F- Flair, 73 years old. He did his last wrestling match last night, apparently. And... Um, as it says in the headline, very fitting that he ended a bloody mess. Watching him wrestle as a child, he was always this guy that had blood on his face. And um, and now you realize over the years that a lot of the time that shit's real. The blood. You say, okay, well, yeah, the, the matches are predetermined. It's a lot of choreography, and they're not really punching each other in the face. And whenever they punch, they stomp. And you, you, you can see what the hell's going on there. But it's... Um, Obviously very physically taxing. The fact that he even tried doing this at 73, and in the middle of it, he faked a heart attack to try to get to gain an edge on his uh, 40 years, his younger opponent. It's <laughs> hilarious. But anyway, I just saw like one or two highlights, and I said, hey, you know what? Good for you, Rick. Many, many years of, uh, of wonderful entertainment. And that's it for Ric Flair. So... Moving on from there, moving on from there, here is a Daily Beast headline that has been syndicated by MSN. Thank God, or nobody would read it. It may be too late to stop monkeypox from becoming endemic in the United States and Europe. Endemic, so it's just here to stay. We failed to get on top of the monkeypox outbreak, and uh, and we may have missed the chance. Who who's we? Who's this we we're talking about? <laughs> See, see, who's this we we're talking about? We have missed the chance to stop the disease becoming endemic and a permanent threat in the U.S. and Europe. Monkeypox is spreading fast all over the world, especially in the United States and Europe. Bathhouses. With cases doubling every two weeks or so, there's a growing risk that monkeypox will become a permanent problem in countries where before outbreaks were rare and small. The pox, in other words, close to becoming endemic in a lot of new places. If that happens, it might become very difficult to eradicate. Uh, Actually, doesn't sound very difficult. Monkeypox, which causes a fever and rash and is fatal in very small number of cases, will become yet another disease that people have to worry about all of the time. Not all. Not at all. All of the time. For the pox, there are two paths to endemicity. Uh, If the virus infects enough people fast enough to outpace authorities' efforts to trace transmission and vaccinate at-risk individuals... It might become endemic in people. We are getting in clo- We are getting very close to this already, says James Lawler, an infectious disease expert at University of Nebraska Medical Center, told the Daily Beast. So, um, my question is, you know what's going to happen? They're going to have some heterosexual crisis actors coming out soon to say that they are 
they also have monkeypox and it has nothing to do with gay people. So, because they don't want this to be primarily a problem for the, the gay party scene. So that's going to happen soon. And I still wish we could just know how this happened. Because I know, we know what the statistics are. We know what the reality is right now. But that still doesn't, that doesn't explain anything. It, it does, it's not good enough for me. And I, I'm, I suppose we'll never know. Because we're, we're never allowed to know the truth and the whole truth as it is. But I wish we could know how this happened. And what makes it almost exclusively a gay thing right now. Because, yeah, um, the, the lifestyles of some of the people who have come forward and talked about this are are shocking. But let's be honest, the whole country is one big orgy. And if you're talking about population per capita, gay people are dwarfed, dwarfed many, 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 many times over by heterosexual people who are just as misbehaved, if not way more. Okay. Anal sex is not just a gay thing. I'm just wondering why it has exclusively been a gay thing up to this point. I, I'm sure we're not going to get any kind of an answer to that. But it is a little confounding if you think about it. Unless... I don't know. I don't know. I was going to say, unless genetically, well, there's the genetics between a straight person and a, and a gay person is the same. It's just their routines that are different. So I just, who knows and whoever will. You know what else we won't know is who threw this guy out of a damn cargo plane without a parachute above North Carolina the other day. Headline. Mystery surrounds man's death after exiting cargo plane without a parachute 4,000 feet above North Carolina. A person without a parachute exited a twin-engine cargo plane before an emergency landing Friday afternoon in Raleigh-Durham International Airport in North Carolina. Local media ABC 11 reported the Casa Casa C212 aviacar Medium cargo plane experienced landing gear issues ahead of landing at RDU. The story took a dramatic turn and a weird one when a person exited the plane thousands of feet in the air. Darshan Patel, the operations manager for Wake County Emergency Management, said law enforcement found the missing plane passenger hours after the emergency landing around 9.15 ET. 9.15 ET. So what's that, 7.15 p.m.? I forget. According to Patel, there was no indication that the 23-year-old man, Charles Hugh Crooks, Charles Hugh Crooks, had a parachute as he exited the plane. His body was found near Sunset Lake Road and Hilltop Needmore Road in Fouquet, Verena, about 17 miles from RDU. Jeez. We had officers that were responding in the area for a search and were flagged down by a resident. They had heard something in their backyard which led us to find this individual. He fell in somebody... Well, you have to imagine. I was just wondering, did he fall on somebody's house? Gosh, I hope he didn't hit somebody. He fell in somebody's backyard. Can you imagine that splattering in your backyard? 
Before Crooks exited the airplane, reasons remains a mystery, there was only one other passenger, the pilot. At this time, what we know is that the passenger was wearing tan pants and a logo-branded shirt. We don't have the color, but that's all the description we have at this time. We are working with RDU at the FAA and the, and the pilot. And the video of the emergency landing was posted to ABC 11. Work to remove that plane from the runway. Let's go to Akila Davis. She's live at the airport right now. Akila, a lot to this story. What are you learning over there? Yeah, Here it a is. small cargo plane attempting to land on the airport runway, spinning out and belly landing into the grass there. What we know is that aircraft took off from Rayford. One person on board was transported to Duke Hospital with minor injuries. So, again, the airport temporarily closed, but we have seen a few planes taking off from Terminal 2. There. So, uh, th this is just so odd. This is very weird. Now, it could be something where the guy goes nuts or who opens it up for him. What was this all about? I don't know, man. These are the kinds of headlines that come in and out of your daily experience. You just see them flash. It looks kind of odd, a little bit out of place, but you pay no mind to it and you walk away. And it's probably something of just major significance. And of course, it could be nothing except for the weirdness that it obviously is on the face of it. But who that's this is just now who's going to be following up with this are we going to get any updates i hope that we do the zells actually sent that to me so that that perked me up just i hope that they they follow up with that story so if we find out who he was and what the hell is going on watch watch they released the the guy's name oh the, the huey hugh what was his name the hugh crooks we should see if he's on social media they probably scrubbed everything he has up there He's the new Stephen Paddock. And uh, 714, here's one last thing I want to talk about. We'll bring it up in a little bit here. It's about the lotto. You know there was that like $1.2 billion. Even I bought $10 of quick picks. I haven't bought lotto tickets in a very long time. My, you know, all my, my buddies were like, you get your lotto tickets? I said, no, what's going on? It's already over a billion dollars. I said, okay, well, pick me up some. Then I, you know, gave him 10, 10 spot. But obviously I didn't win because just one person in Ohio or Illinois or something won the whole thing. But what is the whole thing? We're going to talk about that in just a second. Don't go anywhere, ladies and gents. We will be right, right back. This gentleman at 8 o'clock, it's everyone's favorite show. Earth. It's been 100 galgamized since we first took species from 17 different planets and put them all together on the same planet. They fought, fallen in love. What will happen this Galgamar? Tune in, gentlemen, today to find out. It's Earth on Fire. You let one ant stand up to us, then they all might stand up. Those puny little ants outnumber us a hundred to one. And if they ever figure that out, there goes our way of life. It's not about food. It's about keeping those ants in line. That's why we're going back. Does anybody else want to stay? Let's ride!
ladies and gentlemen, it's Frank. This is the Quite Frankly official show. Now, some of you have been watching since 2010, and before that, four more years before that, since 2006, was it in New York, when it all started on Shoutcast and Live 365, just the audio. But no, no, there's very, very few of you out there. Even King only goes back to 2007. He didn't, he didn't know the 2006 days. Um, but anyway, here we are in our 17th, 16th year. And thank you for hanging out with me. As always, we'll be taking your Super Chats no matter where you are watching the show, whether you're watching live or on demand, because you can always leave a message for the next day. Quite frankly, superchat.com. That's the URL we set up for the tip stream, which is... Um, it's a universal super chat, so it doesn't matter where you watch, you can be contributing to it. Because, uh, you know, there's a lot of smaller platforms. I'm never looking into the, the chat room during the live. I can't, I can't divide my attention among five of them, six of them, whatever the hell there are. So this is a great way for everybody, no matter where they are, to cut through the white noise and get a little bit of an acknowledgement on the show, leave their thoughts for one topic or another. And we have three main topics tonight. And then... Um, and then also to, to support the show and the studio and all that, it's um, it's been an up and down year. But you guys have been the rock, a really, really wonderful rock for me and my family. Thank you guys so much. Let's get started, shall we? Enough of this blabbering nonsense shit. So, what the hell are we going to be... Oh, shit. What are we doing tonight? Well, the first thing I want to bring up is the lottery. Here's the first question. I have three of them for you. The first question, of course, is, is the lottery just complete bullshit? It's not bullshit if you if you win, if you, you actually have the, the millions of dollars. But you think about someone who won $1.1 million, $1.1 billion, and they're taking home $600 million. It's such a it's such a government scam. You got so many people just throwing money in there because everything else around here is just going down the shitter and we needed some extra cash. We just want to invest in the dream. Then one person gets it, almost half of it gets taken away. And then what what's the rest of their life like? I want to I I want to do that one night if we have lotto horror stories. Lottery Horror Stories is definitely a show I would like to do because I know that it is a very hard experience for most people, especially if you don't come from money. It's very hard to manage that money. I know that there is an unusually high failure rate for people who win millions and millions of dollars. They, ended up, they end up losing it. They get picked apart by family members and other, other vultures in their lives. They get picked apart by one place. or it, It's just there's so much. The lottery is really... A sleazy kind of a thing as far as the real impacts it has on people but it's also just free money for the government now I wouldn't sneeze at any portion of 600 million dollars so I said okay fine ten dollars here you go but here's this here is a um, a, th a theory that's been posed on reddit was it Cy Human says I've been thinking around the idea of the lottery being a conspiracy for the past week now I believe they film in a private location so that way people won't try to go to it and take whatever prize it is if any at all 
There's a short story called The Lottery by Shirley Jackson. It's essentially about how there's there being a lottery system for this town, other towns already stopped using, and it's to help maintain the community's sense of well-being. For this lottery, if you draw the black dot, you get stoned to death. There's also topics about how individuals can become a hive mind, essentially, and eventually turn on one another. It is a short story, but it has a big perspective. I feel like the actual lottery is the same structure. Then someone said in the comments, notice how oftentimes when someone actually wins, it's always an old person on their deathbed or some irresponsible fool who blows it all within a year. I bet oftentimes no one actually wins. Now, I know a bunch of people who are unusually lucky with the scratch-offs. I feel like there's one or two people in my life that hit decently once or twice a year. I'm talking 10,000 here, you know, 5,000 here. Another thing you wouldn't sneeze at, but what do you think is really going on with the lottery? Aside from the fact that it really just leeches off of people's desperation to have some kind of stability and and to have the option to completely detach from the rat race that we are all, as tax cattle, stuck inside of. And, uh, yeah, what do you think that's all about? So you let me know. And I have to do something about, about horror stories. Lotto horror stories, if we even have any. That's a very specified group. I'll put it to you this way. If you have any lotto horror stories, write into me. Quite frankly, podcast at gmail or protonmail.com. I'm sure that is a lot better thing than starting a thread and only having one person post in there over the next eight years. And then we have this from Los Angeles. L.A. landlords call for end to eviction moratorium. If you remember when the, the COVID lockdowns began... You had governments, state governments, federal governments going into laying down moratoriums on evictions. So first the government goes and overreacts in a very predictable way. It's an election year. They want to destroy the country. They want to destroy economic stability. They want to destroy mindset, tranquility, peace of mind, togetherness. Anything that was building up. 2019 was a stellar year. It really was. So they go in and they first overreact to this coronavirus and they shut everything down. They destroy people's ways of life and their ability to pay for things, essentially uh, essential things like their bills, their rent and all that stuff. And then they tell landlords they can't kick people out for non-payment. And then several times over 2020 and 2021, the Internet ganged up on landlords to talk, talk about how scummy they are. All they care about is this and that. Not no, I, not caring. Not caring that landlords are responsible for paying the water bill for massive buildings, electricity bill. And like I said, yes, there are shitty landlords, but there are also tons of shitty renters. And we have this thing going on where the moratorium was making it illegal to kick people out. But it doesn't help anything because the rent, the balances still accrue. The balances are accruing, the interest accrues, so eventually, when these moratoriums are lifted, it's going to hit all of these people like a sledgehammer, and they're going to get kicked out anyway. Now, I would have to imagine that one of the bigger goals of all this is to actually put the landlords out of business, to put them out on the street, and to have government 
government agencies, HUD, and all these other NGOs and stuff, BlackRock, claim the buildings for themselves so they can turn it into another welfare subsidized hellhole. And, and there you go. More and more diminishing of private property, more and more stuffing people into slave quarters where they're not doing anything but, uh, I mean, e- eating a, a shitty gov- government-issued uh, diet and, uh, I don't know, PlayStation? But here you go. This is from Jazz Shaw of Hot Air. There are more protests taking place in Los Angeles this month, but for once, they don't have anything to do with racism, high gas prices, or any other common complaints coming from people these days. The people just doing the protesting are land- the people doing the protesting are the landlords who are facing bankruptcy in the loss of their properties because tenants are still not paying their rent. They're getting away with this because the city of Los Angeles extended the eviction moratorium for another full year until August of 2023, despite the state's moratorium having expired in June. And the landlords are placing the blame on city council and Mayor Garcetti rather than the delinquent renters. Well, listen, they're only humans. They're only humans. You take away a person's need to provide for themselves, for their family, for being independent. We will turn into slothful, glutton pigs in a matter of hours. This is why they tell you not to feed the animals at the national park. At the news conference at City Hall, landlords say the moratorium could push some of them into bankruptcy and foreclosure because it doesn't allow them to collect rent and some of their tenants are taking advantage of the situation. Quote, our home has been stolen from us so that tenants, one of whom owns a DeLorean, can go to Burning Man and rent yachts for birthday parties and sail up to hot air balloons. Well, yeah, if you're not paying rent, let's say you're living in even in a cheese box in Los Angeles, you're probably paying $1,700 to $2,200 a month. And if you've already had two years of not having to pay rent because of one stupid, ill-thought-out moratorium over the other, well, you're talk- over those two years, you're talking about 48000 extra dollars in your pocket if you are gainfully employed and just want to be a scumbag. I'd rent some yachts, too. No, I wouldn't. I'd save it like an idiot. Rook myself of life experiences. Let's see here. Uh, Our home has been stolen from us, but not by our tenants, by our overly broad policies created under uh, Mayor Eric Garcetti and upheld by the majority of our city council. Back to the author. I'm sure that not all of the delinquent tenants fall into the same category as Liz Records' renter who drives a DeLorean to Burning Man so they can go on hot air balloon rides, but the majority of them really should have started paying their rent again long before now. Uh, I've been writing about the coming eviction crisis since 2020 because everyone who studies these situations knew this was on the horizon. Now it's here. The economic restrictions associated with the pandemic are almost entirely over in Los Angeles, such uh, just as there are in the rest of the nation. Businesses have reopened. The schools are open. People are out and about largely as they were before the virus arrived in America. Los Angeles even backed down on imposing renewed mask mandate recently. 
The federal aid for housing during the pandemic is largely gone, and that aid was supposed to benefit landlords as well as tenants so they wouldn't lose their property. In other words, all uh, in other words, all of those tenants should by now have been able to start making regular rent payments and begin paying back what they owe in back rent, which is an enormous sum. Enormous sum. Like I said, if you haven't been paying rent for those two years and your rent is $2,000 a year, 48 months, I mean, uh, you know, 24 months, $2,000, do the math. I mean, that is that has to be paid back. Uh, let's see here. But it's an unfortunate reality that there will always be a certain percentage of people who will take advantage of a situation if they can. With the city extending its moratorium for another year, some people are clearly just viewing this as another year of free rent before they wind up having to move out and look for a new apartment. Wow. That's another thing I guess you can do. Does that, does that balance follow you? Does that balance follow you out of the apartment? So you have two to three. Maybe that's why they're living large. Some of them are living large. You have a free place to stay for two to three years, and then you just leave. You can actually use that last year, 2022 to 2023, set aside half of what you have paid for rent into a separate account, and that could be your down payment on a new place. First couple of months. I mean, it's just... So here's the question. Number one, is the lotto legitimate? Horror stories, all that stuff. Number two, are you a landlord? Have you been experiencing this kind of a drag on your way of life for a long time? What, what, how did it used to be? The, rela- the relationships with people. How combative are people now? Because I, there, you know, there is a situation in my, in my life where there's a two-family house that's been in my family for a long time. And I always think about how, how wonderful it would be to, to do all these old properties that we grew up in a service and and keep it well kept and all that stuff. But I think about renting. My grandparents used to rent out their bottom apartment. They used to they used to rent to people when it, it just and but the people were different. Everybody was different. Everybody paid. Everybody was friendly. Everybody was very uh, concerned about how much noise they're creating for one person or another. That shit is gone. And just like if you are a business owner right now, it's not only hard really really hard to 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 find people to find the work who have good work ethic you can't discipline them you can't you can it's very very hard to fire them without getting some kind of a wrongful termination lawsuit and all this nonsense come down on you you can see how the 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 chips are really stacked against people who want to own businesses own private property and uh and make it available for people to rent you have no well, I should say dwindling authority. You have dwindling authority over this shit. So, I'd love to see hear some of your thoughts on that. If you have any uh, any testimony about how bad things have been getting over the years after, as a property owner. Let me know about that. Uh, then we have a little bit of what's going on over... Where the hell did I just put it? Darn it. Wait, it was uh, the, the Nancy Pelosi going to whatchamacall? Where is she? Where the hell are you, Nancy? Hold on a second. Try, I'm just wondering where the, the China thing is. 
Pelosi, Taiwan. Okay, here we go. This is not it. Oh, yeah. What the fuck is this? I mean, this is more... I, I don't know. Here are five Chinese military response scenarios if Pelosi visits Taiwan. This is not the article that I pulled up, but all of a sudden it's here. And it's a little bit newer because the one I put up today was published around 3 p.m. This was published just a few minutes ago. But as you all know or may not know, Nancy Pelosi is, for some reason, wants to go over, over to Taiwan in the middle of this big buildup of tension. We got the, uh, the Russia-Ukraine thing on autopilot. No, pe less and less people care about that. It's still just a money pit. And uh, we have a little bit from Vladimir Putin on in the second half of the show. But there has been very provocative and um, explicit Chinese military response promises if Nancy Pelosi goes over to Taiwan to be any part of a, uh, a diplomatic mission that may encourage the Taiwanese to embrace what they want as independence from China and to be left alone and to stay apart from them. And uh, China's just like, you better just stay out of our business. They're our bitch and all that shit. But here's what we just got now from Zero Hedge. There are five Chinese military responses scenarios if Pelosi visit, visits Taiwan. Here's an update. Uh, FT is out with some further details on the White House's handling of the Pelosi trip, now being watched carefully around the world. Pelosi did not include Taiwan on her official itinerary, which includes Japan, South Korea, and Malaysia, over security concerns. But the Financial Times first reported that she would be the first speaker to visit Taiwan in 25 years. She's doing this for some kind of, I don't know, look how brave, look how courageous. I don't really understand what this is all about. Um, but then again, here's another thing I'm questioning the legitimacy of. President Joe Biden dispatched senior officials, including National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan, oh, that freak, to lay out the risks to Pelosi. But people familiar with the situation said that she had decided to press ahead with the landmark trip. Concerning the strained and now fast deteriorating relations with China, News Squawk earlier Monday had the following details in a note. On Thursday's Biden G phone call, senior official in Beijing said the uh, atmosphere of last week's Biden G telephone conversation was the worst among five talks between the leaders. And President Xi was said to have showed the toughest attitude he has ever shown to any world leader. While the more, most important topic in the conversation was China-U.S. relations, especially the Taiwan question. If indeed it's accurate, you see, we are so irrelevant we are so irrelevant. This is why these little overtures are becoming more and more dangerous. The United States is irrelevant. We have the potential to be an economic powerhouse, but we are we have this boot to our throat and we're under we're just under the yoke of these this craziness. Militarily, we are a fucking joke. What's been done to the military in very publicly humiliating ways is a joke. I'm sure there's plenty of people on the inside who feel the same way, too, that this being done publicly is all part of a ritual. We, I mean, it's just ridiculous. We have no bite left. So it's, uh, it's 
no surprise to me that President Xi has taken the toughest attitude he's ever shown to any world leader because Joe Biden is a walking, talking corpse, and this is all nonsense. And it's dangerous nonsense, too. We have absolutely no agency left. None. We have some guns. We have some guns, but that can't be the, uh, the be-all, end-all. That's what we are. So below is an insightful post from Red Clouds of War Looming Over Taiwan by words They say, now, what, what is this going to be? They're talking about different types of attack scenarios. I'm not even going to get into this because I want to get into something else. And if, it, if an attack breaks out, uh, obviously we're going to know because that's going to be much bigger news than even the Russia thing. This is something that we we're starting and instigating directly. Well, yeah, directly. Russia, it was trying to be inconspicuous. We are the silent antagonizers in that. But uh, so do you think that she should be doing this? Is this a stunt? Is there any way that there is coordination with the Chinese? Or are the Chinese finally done with their former business partners over here? I mean, many of Nancy's friends are very, very close with a bunch of Chinese spies over the decades. So obviously there was at least some old business ties so, and if this truly is as dangerous as, as they say it is, then shouldn't she bring Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez for added protection? So those are the questions I have with her. Um, or maybe they can send over the, um, the leftist transgender that wanted to kill Kavanaugh and two other Supreme Court justices over Roe versus Wade. I think he can take out all the Chinese by himself. So there's... <laughs> There's that. All right, so over to Australia now. 7.39, we're making good time. Over to Australia. Joe Biden was covered by Australian media in very, very blushing ways. Here you go. Let's see what the leader of the free world has been up to lately. Oh. Poor old Joe has tested positive to COVID again and has restarted his isolation period. We wish him a speedy recovery, of course. That's right. He has, uh, oh, that's the other big news from the weekend. Joe Biden has what they called bounce back COVID or rebound COVID. He's on like five, how many fake shots has he taken so far? No way in hell he's taken that, that stuff. No way in hell. But he's got rebound COVID. He's going to come back with, like, strawberry blonde hair. Whatever else. I don't know. He's going to be three inches taller. Watch. When he comes back from this break, he's going to be at least three and a half inches taller. Of course. But between his two bouts of COVID, he did emerge to make a quintessentially Biden statement. I started thinking about it. Just as, you know, somebody who's raised a middle-class kid. One year... Even though you didn't have the job you have now, even though you didn't get a raise that year, the difference between having a job, having a 5% raise or whatever, 3, 5, 7, whatever it happens to be, in the face of inflation, price of the pump, although that's down every day so far, but, you know, it's like, whoa, I feel worse off. But then again, I didn't get a check for eight grand from the government, They just, among other things. Does that make any sense to anybody, or is it just me? No, no, it doesn't make any sense. No, I'm sorry, sir. doesn't make any any sense. But, um... So why did she bring it up? 
because it's a, obviously it's a disaster, and that's not really the story here. We don't have to get on every night and talk about how you know Joe Biden's getting worse. He's not going to get better. But the real thing is, we have elections coming up, and the more I see stuff like this, and the more I see tensions around the world being deliberately stoked. New York City with all these weird PSAs about nuke attacks and go bags and uh, I mean, we, we, there's just so much to think about. They've separated. They put some good distance between us and Cyber Polygon, but don't discount that. Don't discount the things that they have promised us is coming. So I started thinking again. Am I how out of the realm of possibility is it that any number of the next two elections, the major ones? are going to actually happen? Are they going to be disrupted at all? Because what are we what are we dealing with here? Truly, what are we dealing with? I mean, I'm wondering it, it was bad enough in 2020. It was bad enough in 2020 when they had to do this thing with they had the walking dead man Joe Biden with no charisma and a comet tail of scandal and sexual assault following him around wherever he went. And that was bad enough. You're four years into Trump. You're watching the chokehold on minority blocks, uh, voting blocks, slip away in historic ways. And remember, 20% of all of the people, an average of 20% of everybody that went to these Trump rallies, that were drawn to these Trump rallies, they were registered Democrats. There's, a, there's still a huge exodus going on. I mean, if, there's, if you don't go to the Republican Party, which there's really nothing... There's no redeemable thing there. At least just reclaim yourself and realize, oh, 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 okay. We're, we're sitting in the center of a circular firing squad. They're taking each other out too, but we might get taken out as well. So now we're here we are two years into the stillbirth presidency of Joe Biden. And not only is he less popular than he was in 2020, but now we're two years into economic sabotage that is hitting everyone in very personal ways. It's not a downturn or a recession. It's sabotage. This is what you would expect to come from someone, from something, where the only options they have is spending, borrowing, uh, making sure that we can't help ourselves, buying foreign energy products when we have hundreds of years, centuries worth of materials ready for us right here. I mean, this is sabotage. So, with this going on, in such worse off shape than we are, it's not just Joe Biden, it's a reflection of the party. Anybody who's looking at this uh, reasonably knows that he's not even a guy that you can really blame. He's just a thing. He's a prop. And, uh, and then you have this looming problem of Donald Trump's current eligibility. And Zero Hedge had some prospective game plans that may be employed in order to end his career once and for all prior to having to actually commit to another miracle victory on the campaign trail, even though they didn't campaign in 2020 and still, I don't know, like broke every record in the cosmos as far as voter turnout goes. And remember, if you do or do not like Trump, it doesn't matter because we're using this as a forecast of things that may play out around us based on what the characters on the chessboard are set up to be doing and and the confrontations that might be coming our way. While they all fight, we're getting shit spackled on our face. So here's what Zero Hedge is saying. Since the long goodbye 
has uh, about as much chance as Kamala Harris completing a sentence without cracking. Plan A, plan A, this is on an article that was entitled, They Cannot Let Him Back In, by Michael Anton via compactmag.com. Anton's just done some great work over the last few years alone. But uh, here is number one, plan A. To use January 6th show trials to make it impossible for Trump to run again or barring that to win again. Plan B is for January 6th committee to lay the groundwork for an indictment of Trump. The Justice Department is already leaking. That seditious conspiracy might be the charge. Now, I personally believe, this is Michael Anton speaking, that such a charge would be ludicrous. Seditious conspiracy... When it is charged at all, which is rarely uh, before January 6th, is typically reserved for the likes of Omar bin Sheikh Abdel Rahman, who tried to blow up the World Trade Center in 1993. So you're going to try to put Donald Trump on the same on the same level as that. But anyway, moreover, if the regime goes forward with this, it's going to try him in the District of Columbia 77th. Uh, percent Democrat, 92% virulently anti-Trump jury pool, which lately has been acquitting obvious Democrat miscreants and convicting Republicans on silly charges that never used to have been brought in the first place. So that's something that uh, we already know that's been floated out there a lot. It's going to be a, is it going to be the October surprise this year? I don't know. Plan C. If none of this works, uh, is to have Trump declared ineligible under the insurrection clause of the 14th Amendment. That's where, you know, you aren't able to serve anymore. That's what they did after, this, the, uh, the, after the Civil War. And it's actually the way that they, that was part of the reason why they were actually able to get around not putting Jefferson Davis on trial. Because they didn't want to try him afterwards, because after nearly a million people died and uh, the South was completely subjected to to uh, imperial occupation at that point and the Constitution had been torn asunder and every other civil right and norm in the country at that point had been broken apart. Uh, the last thing they wanted to do was put Jefferson Davis on trial and have him be acquitted. So that's that's uh, that's what they're trying to do here. Plan D, just beat him at the ballot box, is also risky because you can't do that. And plan E is to cheat. I know what you're thinking, but I'm not talking about Dominion voting machines. I mean the kind of pre-cheating that the regime boasts about as election fortification. Change the rules in advance in ways that favor Democrats and hurt Republicans, especially in swing states. But as you all know, as The Atlantic said... The 2024 election is already being overturned. If you missed the opening of Friday night's episode, you should go check it out. The 2024 election is all is possibly being overturned right now. If the Supreme Court affirms that it is actually, in fact, and only the responsibility of the state legislatures to make election law in their state, as far as how elections are are done and how they award their uh, electoral college votes so that's going on right now you see if the state legislatures are able to do that in these supposed swing states that Joe Biden just shocked the world with those legislatures are controlled by Republicans by and large and they just want to uh, make sure that we can get around that 
get around that. So there's a lot of that going on. That's plan E. And plan F, none of that works, which they've already sketched in broad outlines. I don't exactly form, I don't know what exactly form it will take, they say. But they have made clear that under no circumstance can Trump be allowed to take office again. Under the circumstances covered by the word no, it would seem to be an electoral college majority or a tie following by a House vote in Trump's favor. So what happens then? Well, in the words of the Transition Integrity Project, which Michael Anton was very uh, um, key in, in bringing to the fore back in 2020, that was around the time that Axios was starting with their red mirage nonsense. The Transition Integrity Project, a Soros network link collection of regime hacks, who in 2020 gamed out their strategy for preventing a Trump second term, the contest would become a, quote, street fight, not a legal battle, end quote. Again, their words, not mine. But allow me to translate. The 2020 summer riots, but orders of magnitude larger, not to be called off until their people are secure in the White House. So, um... That's, that's where I start thinking about this. Again, what do you do? What are they going to do? How good are the chances that either both or the 2022 and 2024 elections, either, either or both, don't happen or disrupted in some way? Because I don't know if biological or cyber or seismic disasters fall under the umbrella of street fight. But don't forget what we've been promised, and this is this is it's gotta it's gotta hit a wall sometime, because you have a withering man who probably requires a space age cocktail of drugs to even be this functional in public, and then things going so poorly that the only real play is to just edit the dictionary. They're trying to gaslight people as to what recession is and how good or bad things are. So what on earth is going to have to be done to keep Democrats afloat now? In this phase, what is going to have to keep them afloat now? Because sometimes, and I stress sometimes, I really do believe that it would be easier to have something normally unimaginable happen that cancels the elections or pauses everything or whatever than it is at least easier than it is to keep producing this TV show where Democrats keep winning no matter how repulsive they become to everybody. I mean, something's got to give. And unfortunately, <laughs> we're, we're caught in the middle of that question. It's not like days of our lives where we can just turn it off and say this sucks. So, there we have it. All right, we're taking a really quick break. When we come back... Come back. We're going to read through your super chats, calls. I want to know if you're a suffering landlord or what have you seen change over the years in that respect. Uh, Do you think there will be elections? Don't be afraid to say, Frank, yes, absolutely, there will be elections. And uh, anything else, the lottery. Is the lottery a scam? Do you have any lottery horror stories? Don't be afraid to write in with those after the show, too, and we can bring it up on a Friday night or something. Don't go anywhere. Be right back. Thank you for hanging out with me. Welcome to Intermission. We'll be right back. Welcome to Intermission. 
Quite frankly. 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 We all support quite frankly. Not quite. Let's go, Brandon. I agree. Yeah. Quite frankly, in Roma, Italia. Quite frankly, you're going on Frank's show tonight? I really like you. You're very smart. So everybody watch. Quite frankly. With Frank. Quite frankly. How dare you? Okay. Hey, hey, friends. I like the intermission because it's about a minute and a half where I can actually look into the chat rooms and see everybody having a good time, being respectful of, of each other, hitting on each other, spreading monkeypox to each other. I just saw two people give each other monkeypox. It was disgusting. Absolutely disgusting. Obviously, they were in D Live. But, um, thank you guys so much for this evening. A new month. A new month. And now let's get to some super chats and see what people have going on. Let's see. All right. First one up. Is from Ramsey. Ramsey WJ says, as a U.S. Army retired, I joined Reagan's army and retired from Trump's army. The things that have been done to the military in that time frame are just disgusting. Not room to go into all this BS they have done, but just say I agree with you. And Ramsey, the only reason why I thank you, first of all, so much. Um, not the only reason why I I said that with such confidence is because I've had conversations with so many people like you so many people like you um, that are where while on the inside just confused almost as if they've been caught up in a whirlwind they don't know which side is up what the hell's going on uh, now the more the most prominent faces of the military are transgender people men in, in dresses and holy shit it's Listen, it's uh, it's a mess. There's there's a very obvious reason why the recruiting problems are gone. First, they tried using cartoons 
while the Chinese and the Russians are trying to tap into that that virile masculine call to action come protect your women protect your children become a, a, a an army man they they want to <laughs> I mean listen if you think that that is just all a show and, and whatever I mean it's marketing but they're doing it right Do you want to attract kids into war zones through cartoons and and triumph stories about about uh, some female recruit with two mommies? Holy shit! So that's the only reason why I know Ramsey. And and thanks again, thanks again for being out there, and thank you for your generosity. Three nine four one six zero two says, "Do you like the band Volbeat?" Yes, yes. Ever thought of doing a 90s guerrilla marketing campaign for your band, CDs, demo, radio staff, stickers, and post, uh, posters, etc., to penetrate the overseas market? Uh, America, Europe, East, uh, the best live concert ever was in Mexico City. Uh, 394, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you this. My brother and I, we talked a lot about... We talked a lot about our direction musically over the weekend. And me and Anthony and Tom and Derek, we're still, like I said, that has become a little bit more of a casual thing. I think we're going to be doing this gig on the 18th of August, throwing something together real quick, mostly covers, though, just to be able to be on stage and have a good time. But um, I'd love to do some things with them creative in the studio, but I believe that I'm going to be doing some stuff with my brother as well under the, uh, I mean, he, he released some songs. He's releasing songs under a... Um, like a synth wavy 80s pop kind of a project called Silent Knife which I actually named and that's coming out he's got some stuff coming out on August 11th and there's four other uh, tracks that are going out there too but he's revisiting a lot of older material that he put out with that solo album he had released in like I think two or three years ago called Valbiro and I think we're going to be doing a little... I'm going to be doing laying down some drums for him on things like that because when it's just him writing and producing the songs and we don't have two other members of the band there, things move quick. Number one, music is his actual life. I mean, this is what he does for a job. Everybody else has jobs and careers and they have to manage two things and all that. Um, so this is what he does. So his turnaround is very quick. And to wait around for other members when everybody's not really on the same page is... This is one thing or another. So I can't wait to do that. So there's going to be new sounds. It's going to be a little bit of Volbeat. I would say maybe a little bit Volbeat mixed with Louis Prima and a few other things that are very nostalgic for us, those things. But Metallica, Vol well, you can tell the, the Metallica influence on Volbeat and so many other things like that. But it's good. I'll, you know what? Maybe I'll even play one of Anthony's... The, uh, the releases on that album. I think it was called Forget to Live. I'll play that in the second half sometime since we have some time on our hands and you'll see a little bit of the direction we're going in. But I think that once we're doing that and we're stream streamlining our production over here, music is just going to keep flowing out. I mean, Anthony's releasing a lot of stuff for sure. That Silent Knife project is going to be great. I can't wait to put that, that song into rotation here. And uh, Swimming Through Air. It's a great... I love the hook in that song. And, um, and yeah. I don't want the music thing to ever die for me. 
So that's something I'm looking forward to. I love to get music out. I see people putting music out independently and having it shoot right to the top of one chart or another. And there are people who didn't don't have a, the reach that me and my brother have combined. Anthony's channel on YouTube alone is nearly three and a half million subscribers. So I'd love to just keep that alive and do some really awesome representative shit. So thank you for asking, by the way. And yeah, we I never saw Volbeat live, but yes. Oh, gosh. Okay, Magical Trevor says, Nancy is visiting Taiwan to tour the NVIDIA factory. So this is a taxpayer-paid trip for her to check out on her investment. Yeah, there's a lot. I think that Taiwan, isn't that the number one producer of microchips? Already have a backlog of cars and all that stuff. Imagine if that falls to the Chinese. Though if it does, it's still not our our problem. And it'll cause economic ripples, but still. Uh, 394160. Again, here's a 10 spot. So you can break even from the lotto. Oh, that wasn't necessary. You play stupid games, you win stupid prizes. With the lotto, 99.99999% of people play the game and walk away with absolutely nothing. So that was, all my, that was all my fault. But you're very kind. Thank you. I'll put it towards something good, I promise. Uh, EO2Dave says, My lottery horror story, spending $20 a week for 20 years and never winning more than $20. That sounds like purgatory. And that's pretty much what it is. Purgatory. Downtown says, I wish someone would have turned me on to you so long ago. You're one of my favorite podcasts now. Thanks to Tim Pool, I found you. I can listen to you all day long. Thank you, Frank. I appreciate that. I really do. But you know what? There's plenty of archived stuff. You can look through it all. You can get caught up. And as it would be an honor for me to keep doing this for another 40 years, at least. So we can do that together. I will be one day in the Radio Hall of Fame in your hearts. It'll just be our own little thing. And that's why I'm always very appreciative for opportunities like I got to go on TimCast. Though I, I, I DM'd him the next day to thank him. I never got anything back. So I guess that's that was, that was probably my, my one and done. But we'll, we'll see. I was going to treat it like it was the last time. And just 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 experience it all, and it's always great to get a get in front of new people, like my good friend over here downtown. Silky Johnson says, "Hey Frank, hope you had a good weekend. You ever talk about the Jehovah's Witnesses? Have you ever talked about the Jehovah's Witnesses? Hard bastard will talk about them in his streams when he notices the corporate media using similar t- tactics. It's all very fascinating. They use cult tactics. Well." I, I, I've seen that firsthand. We live, we used to live, we used to live maybe like two blocks away from a Jehovah's Witness Kingdom Hall. Not there anymore, but that was something else. I would love to hear a breakdown of that. It wouldn't shock me. It would just be a confirmation. I don't, uh, I've met very pleasant Jehovah's Witnesses, of course, but it is a little bit of an inconvenience. Let's see. And then finally, Attitude at Altitude says, I thoroughly enjoy Matt's animal tips. I'm wondering, 
What are cats? I'm assuming that Matt uses cat and cat self pronouns. And what are the th- what are cats' thoughts on armadillos? I don't know. I'll, I can I can ask Matt what his his cat pronouns are. He'll probably just get very mad now. Stakeholder, stakeholder on Rockfin. Thank you for your tip. Let's move on over to Pilled. Now Foxhole. We clear these out and we get right back down to work. Sean Joe, thank you. Rook Castle. They could have stopped the spread of monkeypox by by telling gay men to abstain from sex for three weeks. It's see, that's the whole thing. That's the whole thing. That's what I'm talking about here. It's not. There are plenty of there are plenty of gay men in this country who have been in very long monogamous relationships that don't go clubbing every night that aren't 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 you know passing themselves around at these uh these parties and these you know living the fast life the this uh that resp- irresponsible dumpster life you know um i i want i would love to know how this is starting and why Heterosexual people who are living the dumpster life, which, as I, I said, relative relative to population, far outnumber gay people. Why that? I just it just makes no sense. At least right now, it makes no sense. And and here's the only and this is where misinformation. Okay, I have a misinformation story for you when it comes to sex. I was very young, and I heard maybe around seven or eight seven eight nine around there and I don't know where I heard something about genital warts something about warts or herpes or something like that there's warts on your genitals and what I had pulled away from wherever I heard it was that if you have enough sex if you have too much sex you will get these warts has nothing, obviously, if you have sex with the wrong person, you can get these warts on the first time. But me, my child understanding of this was that if you have too much sex, you're going to get warts. So you you better just have just enough sex and don't go over the line or else the warts, (laughs) you know? That's the kind of shit. That's the kind of stuff. That's the kind of misinformation. That kills. Can you imagine not having sex just because you think you're going to warts are going to show up out of nowhere? But um, but that has nothing to do with this situation. This is a lot more of a mystery. That's a lot more of a mystery. I saw somebody just put a blue waffle reference in the chat room. Don't go and. Google search Blue Waffle. Don't do it. Or do it. You do whatever you want with your night. Just make sure you've already eaten. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Rook Castle says, Mars, Uranus, and the North Node, all conjunct in Taurus. Last time this happened was over 2,400 years ago. Sons of Liberty says, didn't Epstein win the lottery? Les Wexer, Les Wexler, is he's the he? I guess he's the lottery, the Victoria's Secrets guy. 
that's where all of his money came from, most of it at least. Sean Joe, and he hasn't been investigated, has he? Still alive? Is he still alive? Witchy Poo, 22, how is Skip? Skip, uh, you know, for those of you asking and still wondering, thank you so much. Um, I just spoke with him today. I'm going to go see him tomorrow. Anthony saw him today. We're just kind of taking shifts one and the other. And then we go together and all that. We brought him some shirts and other things. But he told me today that they gave him his first cup of Jello. He hasn't eaten in maybe three or four weeks. Ever since they did the, the ulcer surgery. So the fact that he was given his first cup of Jello today and everything felt all right. That's big. Now we just got to see what the timeline for taking feeding tubes out and drains out. He's still a bionic man. But uh, thank you for ha- asking, Witchy. Zoso Dude says, time to hit the P.O. box, Frankie. Oh, I'll go check it out. Oh, Zoso, we got your shirts. We just put them in the wash. Lauren went nuts for them. She says, oh, are both of these for me? Because she's, she's a huge fan of tie-dye. So you'll see... Me wearing some new Zoso Dude shirts. You won't be able to miss it. But they're fantastic. Very lightweight. They feel very comfortable even before a wash. So if he's got them for sale, go go check them out. Everybody, if you love Zoso, you'll love these shirts. Okay. So we're going to take some calls. 914-595-6953. See what you guys are thinking about tonight's topics. We have the lottery legitimacy. We've got uh, whether or not you think that there's going to be any disruption to the upcoming elections, 22 and or 24, and anything else. It's really up to you. 914-595-6953. And in the meantime, I actually do have a, a message here from a, frankly, who needs some prayers and that's that's uh, rev rev olution he just lost his father recently he lost his father it was a devastating loss they're very bewildered at the moment and uh, and confused just it was all very sudden and he just would like people out there especially if you knew him in the chat room to keep him in your uh, in your prayers and your intentions so thank you for that if you can very sad to hear when Things like that happen to people out there in the audience. But we're all living the same life. And this is the kind of thing that is going on all the time, unfortunately. 914-595-6953. Call in. Let me know what you're thinking about any number of topics tonight. And in the meantime, what I will also say is I just watched this, this new video by uh, Jimmy Corsetti. Bright Insight on YouTube. And let me, uh, I just want to say he's awesome. He's a very popular guy. He's another one that's on my, he's on my uh, wish list for guests, guests and friends. Love to be friends with this guy. But he's just courageous. He really is. Bad, badass through and through. He's interested in really awesome topics, uh, in anthropology, ancient history. He, he dives into, uh, I wouldn't call it conspiracy theory, but maybe a little bit into the fringe, a little bit into the supernatural he takes folklore into consideration he can he takes a lot of things a lot of questions i love the mysterious and he dives into that a lot of atlantis talk ancient world egypt the pyramids so much and he just did a 20 minute video it's the bright insight youtube channel i have this ready for quite frankly tv this weekend but um 
He did a great 20-minute thing about Iraq. Is Iraq, uh, what the, you know, the mystery, mysterious Iraq, or is Iraq, how much of Iraq is a lie, or whatever is going on there, had to do with the erasure of so much of ancient landmarks there. ISIS, who was behind ISIS, properly calls out and properly assesses who was behind ISIS and what's going on out there. Um, I didn't know that he was a veteran. I didn't know that he was a, a veteran that, that did at least one tour out there and calls out the entire war from soup to nuts as an, an illegal crime against humanity. Illegal act, illegal war, crime against humanity. And he calls out all the right, pe- all the right people. I mean, it's very, very courageous for somebody in his position with his kind of subscribership and the eyes that are on him to tell stories as you know, bluntly as he does, and uh, and he's really cool. He really is. I got to just tip my cap to him. Um, but he also, another very dangerous thing right now, especially since we're dealing with the the Russia-Ukraine, you know, media war on top of everything that's already been going on out there for many, many years, courtesy of our CIA. But he gives Vladimir Putin his due. He paid. He played about a minute and a half of a of a public talk. I guess it was like a round table or something. We have done it on this show before of Vladimir Putin very accurately talking about the rise of ISIS, where they came from, what was going on, especially at the time. Remember we were for those of you who have been around for for very long when we started realizing and getting all of these headlines coming out of the Middle East that ISIS was expanding its reach. It has now uh, captured X amount of oil oil fields and that it has generated. It, start, it started its own economy. I said, I said, how the hell is ISIS so advanced? This is not some ragtag group of terrorists. How are they so advanced that they have been able to not only take the oil, but start selling it? There was a lot of the the um, the headlines that Jimmy Corsetti put into this piece, we read on the air back then because we knew how anomalous this was. That some of these pieces were talking about how ISIS was now in the oil game. They were selling oil, and that they were producing Iraq under ISIS was producing more oil than it ever had in the past. And the most logical question to have asked back then is, who the fuck is buying this shit? You have. Washington Post reporters showing up at the doorstep of people who sent $25 to all the Freedom Convoy people up in Canada. And that was one of those questions that nobody ever asked. No, where were the sanctions? Where was anything? Everything was so coordinated because, of course, it was a side operation. The money, the training. I mean, the Arab Spring stuff, Syria, Libya, uh, Egypt with Mubarak, all that... The Arab Spring stuff was a change in, in, our, in our ability to go out there and remake the world. We couldn't do it militarily anymore to that degree because we were coming off of a major economic crash. So to be able to do it a little bit more offhanded and play the insurgency game, obviously it was a lot just as messy. But still, he was talking, he was bringing up Vladimir Putin back then, properly diagnosing what ISIS was. I thought it was incredible. And since it seems like we have a little bit of a uh, log jam with the, the Skype, because it, it's, 
it's impossible that nobody has called in yet. I'm going to play a little bit of Vladimir Putin from like two weeks ago about the current, the current situation that we're in right now, and I'll have to read the subtitles. So here it is. <clears throat> He said, everyone's talking, I'm going to lower this, everyone's talking about what's going on right now, blaming Russia for the coming food crisis. You, as specialists, would know what the crisis emerged from, the times of the anti-pandemic measures, where some well-developed economies abused their monopoly power in terms of currency Monopolies, yes, abuse monopoly power. Hey, we were talking a little bit about those abuses when we opened up tonight with the uh, moratorium on rents. Where, where was all that funny money coming from that renters, were, renters and landlords were getting at both at the same time? And you know how many hundreds of millions, if not billions of dollars, have already been uh, skimmed off the top and gone to places that... Well, we're talking trillions. Trillions, trillions that we'll never see again. That never existed, to be honest. In terms of currency monopolies, he says. They turned on the printing machine in the U.S. and printed $5.9 trillion. That's 38% of the entire money supply. They printed it over two years, which is roughly the sum of what, we, what was printed in the previous 40 years. The same rate, and in the Eurozone, they printed 2.5 trillion euro. They released this money into the economy and gave it out to people, which isn't bad per se. We utilize a similar tactic. But we were very careful. It was sparingly done and as, as such didn't lead to a major catastrophe. Over there, the anti-pandemic measures were funded from budget deficits which led them, to, uh, led them to buying up food supplies from global markets. Where in previous years the U.S. was a net exporter of food, they are now a net importer of food. They bought 17 billion more in food than they sold. That's incredible. Hey, he's, he's getting it right. What does that say? They have exacerbated problems for developing poor countries and closed their own problems off. This is the result of a monopoly on reserve currencies, dollars and euros. You know, it's a great, it's another great point, and he make, makes, a, makes very great points and very astute. But um, you think about even the energy crisis here. You have an entire planet that needs oil, that works off of oil. We haven't gone to the next level in our existence yet where we're, we, can, we can shed this stuff. But if we're going to keep up our current level of living, then obviously that's what it is. You have the United States out there that needs to go and gobble up resources. Resources from other countries, poorer countries, that are going to need the same kind of oil. Everything going up. So they're going and gobbling up everything that everybody else needs when we can just as easily make it at home and alleviate the global burden on energy. Not only that, with us making it at home, taking us out of the marketplace, it's going to depress the cost of oil. It would actually make it cheaper for the rest of the world to go out and buy oil from one place or another or shop around because there's going to be more providers of, of energy. So not only were we screwing everybody else, by shutting down our own economy and going out and importing things when we could have just as easily been making it for ourselves. 
but our our silliness uh, only causes more damage for everybody in the long run. Then again, like I said, it's not a recession. It's not a downturn. It's sabotage. It's sabotage, 100%. Um, see, the U.S. and and Europe is... There's, they are meant for something. Something that's coming down the pike. Vladimir Putin, for as much as he was in bed with uh, globalists for a while there, at this point, you have to ask yourself, are you going into the tomb with everybody else, or are you at least going to step off just a bit? He continues, This started at the end of 2019, beginning of 2020. Then the anti-Russian sanctions made the situation worse. They made a bunch of mistakes in the energy sector. Gas prices went up. Hold on. Gas prices went up. And access to gas and foundation of many fertilizers. As fertilizer became more expensive, we've seen enterprises shut down, particularly in Europe, and food prices skyrocket further. See, that's an interesting, uh, interesting take on things, wouldn't you say? That's a lot more information that you get from people at home. See, if you go and turn on MSNBC or even Fox tonight and you try to gauge what has happened to gas and what has happened to food and what has happened to the American standard of life that is seemingly being cracked in half right now, you'll just get, oh, Ukraine and Russia, Ukraine and Putin. I mean, it's just, it's all, it's all right there. You can relegate it right there. And they'll probably find some other way to blame Trump. But, I mean, as you can see, it's a very, very complex thing. You get details from a person you're supposed to hate and write off just because of his name and country of origin. And you get nothing from the people at home who hate you. Who hate you more than Putin does. I'll tell you that much. So, um, that's what we have on that. All right. I'm going to take a really quick break so I can restart the Skype. And I hope you're here with me when I get back. Don't go anywhere. What is that smell? What kind of animal smokes marijuana at his own confirmation? I don't know. Enough with you, I don't know. What are you yelling at me for? Even Grandma says the world has no purpose. Get inside right now and join your guests. Be good Catholic for 15 fucking minutes. Is that so much to ask? Yes, yes, yo. Yes. Yeah. I love Kill TV. You're cool. What's up? I love Kill TV. Yep. You're cool. What's Kill TV? Did you say what's QFTV? Missy gonna need to go over there and watch QFTV Mondays, Wednesdays, Fridays, right after, quite frankly. Yeah. Oh, you're definitely cool. Only on quitefrankly.tv, powered by Foxhole. Okay. 
All right, I got the phones working now. 914-595-6953. Where you at? Where you at? First one up is 314. What's going on? 314. Hey, Frank. Thanks for taking my call. Just a comment on the uh, Pelosi uh, problem we got going over there. And kind of a 40,000-foot view, if you, if you look at it, as we're already in a uh, third world war. You know, every country's been infiltrated by the deep state. And it's kind of the good guys against the White Hats, against the Communists, put it that way. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I I, I subscribe that, uh, uh, you know, China's been, uh, they have their faction of the deep state, and she is on our side, and so is Putin, or at least, or at least uh, Trump's side. I think they're conspiring in a good way together. And so I, if she goes over there, I'm hoping that, it may be a big scare, but, uh, and then who steps in but the peacemaker, Trump, right? If we're brought to that brink, so I don't know. If you Wait, so you, you, that, you think that Xi and Trump are in this in on this together? I think so, yeah. So, but, but wait, wait, so, so, so if, if Nancy Pelosi is responsible for some kind of a military confrontation in the next couple of weeks to days even, what would Donald Trump have to do with 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 being called in to alleviate that when he doesn't even have a chance to run for president again until 2024 well that's two years uh, and he's also with north korea getting now ramped up but i think that's that's deep state over there too well and he's 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 already friends with him i i just believe this and and putin's taking care of his 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 ass over there and china's trying to do it at the same time well, and Pelosi, Pelosi is part of the deep state, and she's she's in there for bad reasons. And it does come to where where she's fighting off his deep state from reacting, and then Trump steps in and says, "Hey, let's well, negotiate here." Let's hold on. And, wait, and, well, I, this one just wake but, up a lot of people. No, 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 this is what I'm trying to. But this one, and thank you for your call. This Ooh. is what I'm trying to say. There is no, there's no room for negotiation. I know that everybody and their mother who is in with the in crowd in Washington, D.C. can go show up somewhere and and negotiate one thing or another that they have no authority to do. Uh, to, I mean, usually in in um, protest of something that the current administration is. Remember, John Kerry going and. And talking with the Iranians and, and other people and uh, about one thing or another, uh, uh, going in contravention to Donald Trump when he was in office. Complete violation of the Logan Act. Now, they're not going to get away with anything like that. But there's nothing, there's no role for Donald Trump to play in the next two years. No role whatsoever. And if he ever picked up a phone and called up Xi Jinping right now or anybody in North Korea, do you know what would happen to Donald Trump? If he called up Xi Jinping right now, what would happen to Donald Trump? There would be no mercy. In fact, that would be the thing that they would be waiting for. It would be the easiest Logan Act conviction they could have found. So... That that would have been that would have been too easy. There's nothing he can do. Nothing he can do. Not two and a half years away. Uh, Ro- uh, Robin from Utah. What's going on, Robin? 
Hey, Frank, I'm just calling about the whole being a landlord thing. Okay, <laughs> yes, please, let me know. Okay, so I live in Utah. We didn't have any issues with, like, nobody doesn't get to not pay rent. That didn't happen here. That's just not going to fly. So that's not an issue. But I have a basement apartment, and so, like, these people live underneath me. So it's not like I own an apartment building and I never have to see these people. So I have a renter. And she is thankfully leaving. Left today, champagne is popping. But in the meantime, I, I found a really great set of renters. Thought they were perfect. I was very excited. About two, three weeks ago, they ghosted me. I, I started texting them a week ago going, so when are you moving in? No reply, not one word. Oh. And I kept, yeah. And I kept going, you know, every day, and then I left a phone message on voicemail, nothing. They never, ever called me back. So I'm sitting here on August 1st, and nobody's moving in because I'm an idiot who trusted them and thought they want, and this guy really wanted to. But wait a second. But wait, but you, the, the first renter before these two that ghosted you. Um, Hold they, on, I got it. Yeah, the first renter, the one that's downstairs, she's bipolar like crazy, and you know, but she, I picked her, so it's my bad. But but she's but, leaving. She you said she's leaving on her own accord. Yes, because I played my cards right, and I just it. She just got the message that she wasn't welcome here because being mentally ill, I didn't want to tick her off, right? Mm -hmm. Because you never know, and she has a history of violence, and I didn't know any of this because I I'm terrible. I'm a, I'm the worst landlord. I have a neon sign above my head that says. She's an idiot. You definitely want to get her to be your landlord because she's so stupid. Well, I'm the queen well, of stupid. Well, that's <laughs> that, that's that's a whole other problem altogether, Robin. I just absolutely, I know. Gee, well, well, listen. Okay, well, well, here's what I would say: yeah. is if one yeah. is if one is leaving, the other ones are coming in, and the other ones just ghosted you. You were going to have an empty apartment yeah. anyway, so you know, just just yeah. do, just enjoy the quiet. And a little bit, and, uh, and and eventually it'll be filled. That's what I would say. Yeah, that's exactly what my best friend said. She said, you need to decompress from the crazy downstairs. Yeah, yeah, don't worry so about take, it. Take, take some time off. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Robin, I'm wishing you the best and out there. And as far as the voting goes in 2022, I, I'm a little black-pilled, and I think they're going to cheat. I definitely think they're going to cheat in the midterms. Well, they're already... I don't think that it's... I don't think the red wave is going to happen, like they say. Yeah, I, 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 I gotta say, Robin, I'm, I'm a little bit more. Hmm. I don't know if there's another shade of pill. Thank you for the call. Here's Ooh. my thing: if there's another shade of pill, I'm sticking to the. I'll, I'll cast a vote for the hell of it, line of line of thinking, and keep my focus squarely on what I can control as a, as a family man, as a friend, as a whatever and just just do the little things and just think about moves that I can make as and and see what hell the hell else happens but you already start seeing the moving movement here for example what was it there was a i think it was a daily caller that came out with some studies i forget who's taking the polls it wasn't rich barris but rich had mentioned this on the air that Roe versus Wade, I said, Rich, post Roe versus Wade Dobbs thing over there, what exactly 
is the impact of this on the polls? What kind of a bump are Democrats expected expected to get in 2022 with the ending of Roe versus Wade and all of the outrage they wanted to capitalize on? And he said it really hasn't it really hasn't done much, Frank. And then the Daily Caller came out with another thing I saw today, said that the needle has not budged almost at all. And if they don't have even a little bit of a bump from that, then everything else is just failure. It's complete failure. And the response, I can imagine why that's failure too, because uh, the response to this is completely ridiculous. Ridiculous. The violence, the attempting to kill the Supreme Court judges by the, uh, the leftist nut out there. But there is, I think it was John Paul Rice, the producer, He'll be on the show sometime this this fall. He sent this out today. He had a little bit of a, you know how you get those emails from random places? Let's see here. Uh, Anyway, congressional Democrats sent something out saying that the momentum has shifted. Something has changed. We have, uh, we're only going to lose 14 seats now and and where we've gotten a big bump after roe versus wade which is not true which is not true so you start seeing this um this dichotomy obviously they're only going to play up what they believe is strengths it's just you, you have to do that you have to ignore all the bad and and try to pump people up but with them and their fake polls them and their lying the lying about momentum that all plays a very very key role in uh, in explaining why elections end up being the way that they are even though they shouldn't be there is absolutely no if you're a democrat faithful then you and, and you have any kind of a brain left you know that there's no momentum going for you and you have been hijacked and steered by some of the craziest people in the country there's no moral base to your to anything there's nothing, nothing. You even have to make up most of the opposition that you have in that ridiculously pathetic Republican Party that goes toe-to-toe with you all the time. So, you know, I guess that's, that, was the, that would be the color pill that I'm taking right now is just minding my own business, doing what I can, and not finding anything surprising. Just not going to find anything surprising. I don't know. One thing or another. There's so many different ways that they can lance you. Okay, 914-595-6953. A little bit more there. And we have some good stuff for the last bit tonight that I can't wait to do with you all. Cannot wait to do. And tomorrow with Roseanne Barr, I want to talk a little bit about, I don't know, um, the fight for the future and a little bit of her new thing coming out and what she thought about Norm's latest special, and it should be a good one. I think you guys are going to like it a lot. And I have a lot of questions that were submitted by you, too, so that should be good. All right, uh, let's do this. I'm going to, because the, the there's a bottleneck with the damn oh, one slip through. Very weird tonight on Skype. 872, you're on the air. What's going on? Captain Castiron, you there? Yeah, can you hear me? I can. Go right ahead. I uh, just happy Monday, Frank, calling in. I uh, commented on what your topics. I think the lottery is a racket. It's just 
nobody wins, and they're just like you said, they're just collecting free money. And I think that they may, I would say they they would suspend the elections, like uh, you know, in a state of emergency, suspend the elections, but not now, not with Biden, because they don't want him as their guy, their permanent person in the office, because obviously he's old and and not good. So you so. think so? You're you're thinking more so 2024. There may be shenanigans then, but yeah. But 2022, it would go off without a hitch. I think they do because they want to they want to bring back confidence into the elections because half of us are like they're bullshit, you know. So they want to reestablish confidence in our elections. So they want one to go. There may be that red wave because they want people to believe that they're still fair and uncompromised and etc so then they come in 2024 and they're like well oh, you know a cyber pandemic or or monkeypox 2.0 covid 3.0 and they're like well we need to suspend the, the elections for safety we'll just keep everything as it is and then they'll just the train will roll on okay all right well thank you thank That's you my Hey, no, thank you for that. I, uh, I appreciate it. Let's see. Let's. I, I, and I understand that that way of thinking, too. There's got to be a little bit of something to show people. Oh, well, oh, yeah. You think it's rigged? I think that that's also what what really worked in people's favor. If you wanted to grasp this idea that 2020 was in any way, shape, or form largely a legitimate event for the country. And that was the yes last year's elections that was going on in Virginia and almost flipping several things. Well, they did flip something uh, red in New Jersey, but that was that was an interesting interesting night. So, what do they do? What do they allow to put the naysayers down without go, falling too far behind? Obviously, the presidency is the crown jewel because it's an imperial post now. It's it's nothing. It does not even represent or or um, resemble what was created at the Constitutional Convention. No way, shape, or form. It's an imperial post. It doesn't matter who occupies the the, the Oval Office. It's just that's that. That's that. And they're also thinking about what they can do with the Supreme Court. But we're just we're just thinking. 872, go ahead. Okay. Hey, Rick Carmen, what's going on, man? Frank, I, I, this is such a great show. Um, I don't know how many people got it. Uh, it took me a while to call in because I decided not to call in. You know, I got calling in, but I'm, I, I am sorry because I am doing it again tonight. But this was such a great uh Topics that I, that I just had to. <clears throat> so the comparison between Biden and Putin is like overwhelmingly, uh, it's right in, our, right in our face, you know. Uh, you, you look at the uh, United States, we all know the song, America the Beautiful. And the line there, the uh, amber waves of green. The United States was at one time the food basket for the, for the world. Okay, and eventually, over the past 50 years, 
Democrats have eroded that. They basically encourage all the farmers to go to producing corn for ethanol to support the. Hey, hey Rick, Rick, of, Rick, 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 you know, I'm, I'm following you so far about about us being right. the that breadbasket for the, not only the country but the world, amber ways of grain, all that, and, and how we've been slowly veered away from that. But if you can please just stay about two inches farther away from your receiver, you're coming in very muffled. Uh, is this better? A little bit better. There you go. Well... Is this better or is this better? No, no, no. Whatever you did before, just just stay stay about three inches okay. away from the receiver. I'll, I'll keep further away. You got it, okay? <clears throat> but uh, yeah, we were once the food basket of the uh, of the wall, and obviously, you early on you showed that interview where Biden, you know, felt everything was getting better, and his comment that I laughed at was. Am I the only, only one that gets it? And I had to laugh because, yeah, you are the only one that gets it. Because your family is invested in the fuel industry and you're all making profits from our fuel prices growing up, okay? Whereas the rest of us, aren't, we don't have those kind of investments. It's true. Uh, and then, you, okay, go ahead. No, I'm, I'm, I'm agreeing with you. You're good? Okay. And then the... Um, the uh, publication by Russia with Putin talking to his uh, whoever they are, you know, and obviously with the heirs and how intelligent. I'm sorry, Rick. 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 I, I'm. I'm sorry, man. I, I, we've. I've gotten a lot of. I know where you're going, but the sound quality is so terrible, and it sounds like mumbly woof woof. It, it's just it, the sound quality of the of the call is so bad, man. I am, I'm sorry about that, but what I'll say is pick it up from here. I would appreciate it. Uh, have a great night. I love the show. Thank you so much, Rick. I, I, I heard, I, I wish the whole call was like that. I, I, I heard that. So just to reset, and I, and I hope Rick calls in again very soon, and we'll try that again. Much of it I got, but I know if you're at home, you're probably straining. It's uh, We're talking about the lost nature of, of Joe Biden in that clip. Speaking ridiculously, obviously coming from a, uh, a great uh, line of privilege. Everybody likes to talk about that. But then the transformation of us from what was, the, what was supposed to be the, the manifest destiny of the country? What was supposed to be the destiny of, of us as a, uh, as a land and, and all of that? What were we able to do so well at one point, and now we're hamstrung, seemingly out of nowhere? It's not a downturn. It's a sabotage, for sure. And uh, you know the one good thing I, I love to think about? Talk about black pills, gray pills, white pills. Here's a white pill for you. Never forget that all of a sudden, out of nowhere, largely thanks to COVID, we have nearly 5 million children who are being homeschooled now. Five million. Five million. So even if they're all five, ten, getting into into to high school, fifteen, they're like ten on average, ten years away from being adults, getting out into the world, pursuing a career, 
finding someone most of them are going to most of them are going to have far more traditional outlooks on life and goals for their lives than than most public school children getting rattled over the head with this bullshit constantly whether it be the feminism and the childlessness and the and the uh the 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 ongoing obsession with chasing careers, hamster wheel lifestyles, living in pods, playing with yourself constantly. You think about that, 5 million children, that is one hell of an investment. That number can triple in less than 20 years. That can triple. Because in less than 20 years, many of those 5 million children are going to be having children of their own. I mean, it's a wonderful thing to always think about what kind of seeds have been planted and what kind of lives and lifestyles and connection they have with history, liberty, what they're willing to do to make sure that, we, that uh, there are decent places still to live, self-sufficiency, ingenuity. There's a lot. There's a lot to, to think about with that. So I want to stop there, I guess. Um, unfortunately, we had a lot of problems with the calls, and now we got, you know what, 846, I think we have one more, one more, let's do one more. Chris from the Berkshires, you got a, you got a minute and a half. Go ahead, man. Oh, man, I got a minute and a half. Oh, man, uh, okay, what's going on, Frank? Good How you doing? To you. Good to see you. Um, I uh, just want to say, you know, Chris and Hall, and, you know, uh, generally everybody's been great, at least for me. I want to try to condense this into a minute since that's all I got. And it goes back to the Grace's story thing that we did a while ago. I know I'm not on topic tonight. I just got back from mini golf, kicking the crap out of the fiance. It was great. Either way, regardless, back to the Grace's story thing. This is the same thing that the people do that our government has done in foreign countries, except instead of basically killing their children, we just drone strike their families into a into oblivion. We did the same thing here, except if we had done that, we, people would have wanted answers. They would have wanted heads. You know, and, and the guy who did the gracious story thing, he's doing the right thing in what he's doing. But ultimately, if, if there's a, a fair amount of people in this country that if they were to find out and this shit ever hit them the way it did, if they ever were to come to find out how it actually went down, those people would basically rise up and revolt against their government. And then the government would just in turn do the same thing that they did in the Middle East and just turn and say, well, these people are were extremists and things like that, where in reality, we draw and strike their weddings, we draw and strike their families, we draw and strike their school buses, and then when they would get upset about it, they're extremists, they're Islamic extremists, there's things like that. Do I think that there are people over there that are, you know, you know, messed up and crazy and, and you know, whatever, they, they have their beliefs and that's what they, their system, but at the same time, you're gonna, it's gonna eventually come to a head where these people, especially some of these loony lefties, when they come to find out, and some of the righties too, whatever, you know, that when they come to find out that the people that did this to them were the people that they believed and trusted, they're going to turn around. And if they think we're, we look at as, you know, ex, you know, extremists or whatever the fuck they call us, you know, wait until these people who, who, you know, put full faith and trust in their government, find out that what happened was, and, and you're going to have a laundry list of, of, you know, internet or, you know, domestic, quote unquote, domestic terrorists, okay. because they just create their own enemies and then, and then use them as their own, basically cannon fodder just like they said right i try to condense it as, as quickly as well possible. i okay so i, I guess i guess what, I, I understand where you're coming from and we've we've talked about that in the past it's it's kind of like you know it's a self-fulfilling prophecy and it's been it's been rolled out elsewhere 
you have a, a mission to accomplish, you go ahead, you start breaking some eggs, collateral damage, the collateral damage starts actually really hating you. And now you actually have an enemy and you have somebody to, to paint. They're trying to do it right now. Thanks again for the call, Chris. Trying to do it right now with this ridiculous caricature of a insurrection with January 6th. It's not really playing playing well with anybody outside of the very, very mentally damaged and emotionally disturbed ranks of um, leftist voters out there who, who actually think, I don't know, but you're seeing it seeing it's happening in fact uh terrorists seem to have more rights than americans who have been detained for the last 18 19 months it seems especially in western countries like canada give give me your rehabbed isis warriors and your isis brides give it give it to us give us your tired your poor your isis brides that's what we do over here now so i understand what you're saying um I, I how how long it, how long it would take people to actually what does being fed up look like to a modern American? I don't know. I don't know. I think that most people, especially on the right, if they have any kind of sense of self-preservation, they would just if there was a big government army coming for them, they would just try to protect their homesteads the best they can and go out in a blaze of glory. But I don't think you're going to get that even from the left. There's going to be plenty of people on the left that are pissed off as as the the injuries from one thing or another continue. If you know what I mean. But what are their what are the reactions going to be? I don't know. We're we're largely deballed society. I I don't know. I've seen more fight coming out of the uh, the Dutch farmers than I have around here, these parts. And, um, yeah, that's really it. Okay. All right, ladies and gents. So here's what we are going to do. We're going to leave tonight with a nice little bit. I found these really bad analogies. They're so terrible. High school teachers have submitted and compiled these really bad analogies written by high school students. And I wanted to put some romantic, beautiful romantic music behind it and read some of these bad analogies by the writers of tomorrow. And then we leave. Or should I first read all of my last super chats before we leave? And remember, quite frankly.tv, the after hour starts in nine minutes. So first over on Quite the Super Chats, Lucky says, I heard the monkeypox came from the upside down. I blame Will. P.S. I'm 14 and think that you are awesome. Wow. 14. I had someone who was 16 um, email the show two weeks ago to ask me advice about reading. Just reading. They had wanted to, they had wanted to pick up Windswept House and read along with us but have a real hard time getting just just reading and enjoying reading a book i said well first thing you got to do is i would say get something a little bit smaller a little bit shorter jump into graphic novels you know things like that whatever i love the fact that we have some really young young people out there who are watching all the time and lucky welcome aboard you're the youngest that i know of aside from people who watch with their children and stuff but uh yeah 
thanks thanks a lot for this, Lucky. And uh, tell your friends, and we'll be here hanging out. And I hope you continue to enjoy yourselves. I have a little bit from tonight's After Hours programming. Tonight's Movie Monday. As you know, it's Movie Monday. We are going Western. Two classic movies this evening. The first movie about three gunslinging pals is a whole lot funnier than the second half this and the second one is but never fear both will be great and found only on quite frankly TV after the show PS I miss Mark Swan I told everybody that they would miss the Mark Swan dancer when August 1st came so we have two westerns after the show I bet you any money three gunslinging friends three amigos well that's not really a western but it's three people and tombstone is more than three people so it's not Tombstone. Three. What's three people? Unless you do count Three Amigos as a Western. I don't know what the second one. The second one is probably like Django Unchained. Is the second one Django? Nobody's got the time for that. I can't get jiggy with this shit. Oh, okay. So Lucky, thank you so much. And it's great to meet you. Come back again, please. What else do we have here? And then I'm pilled. Sons of Liberty says, didn't Epstein win the lottery? Big time. Okay. Sean Anon, how gut-wrenching it was to see them destroy that ancient Sumerian gate with a front-end loader. Been interesting watching Jimmy, bright insight, transition from ancient truth to current truth. He he does them both. That's the best thing about it, Sean Anon. Jimmy does both of them. He doesn't mince words and he's not afraid of just dropping a bomb there and the fact that he's doing it with this kind of clarity of thought and this kind of subscribership is a is really awesome I really and I would love to have him on this show and it would be a real blessing to have him on as a regular obviously he's in high demand and he does great work but we'll see Maggie May, thank you. EO says, just sending some Monday love to you, uh, to the Val fam. Thank you, EO. You're part of the fam now. Witchy Poo and Just Because. Texas Land. Jay Brewskies. Texas for Trump. Oh, man. Now they're starting a cookie fight again. This always happens. I love it. I'm going to overdose on cookies tonight. Best Nani ever. Says, hell, Frank. Didn't Epstein win the lotto in New Mexico? Maybe two times I thought I read somewhere. I didn't know about the Mexico new the lottery. No, I didn't know that. All right. So here's the end of the show. I'm going to read you some analogies written by high school students. Watch how poignant and well thought out and beautiful these are. Here's the first one. Her eyes talking about her eyes her eyes were like two brown circles with big black dots in the center <laughs> I love these because every last one of these analogies are so bad they're pretty much the grammatical equivalent of, a, of drawing a stick figure number two here we go he was as tall as a six foot three tree Stunning. 
Her face was a perfect oval, like a circle that had its two sides gently compressed by a thigh master. From the attic came an unearthly howl. The whole scene had an eerie, surreal quality, like, you're, like when you're on vacation in another city and Jeopardy comes on at 7 p.m. instead of 7.30. Very disturbing. John and Mary had never met. They were like two hummingbirds who had also never met. Hemingway would be proud. She had a deep, throaty, genuine laugh, like that sound a dog makes just before it throws up. The ballerina rose gracefully, on point, and extended one slender leg behind her like a dog at a fire hydrant. Graceful. Brilliant. He was as lame as a duck, not the metaphorical lame duck either, but a real duck that was actually lame, maybe from stepping on a landmine or something. Her vocabulary, her vocabulary was bad as like whatever. That was AOC. Actually, most of these were probably written by the squad she grew on him, like she was a colony of E. coli, and he was a room-temperature Canadian beef. The revelation that his marriage of 30 years had disintegrated because of his wife's infidelity came as a rude shock, like a surcharge at a formerly surcharge-free ATM. I hate that. And then finally, the lamp just sat there, like an inanimate object. Can you imagine that? Lamp just sitting there like an inanimate object. And there you have it. You know what I would like to do? I'd like to play some more... I would like to play some more Mad Libs with you. I used to do this a lot years ago. I find these Mad Libs things and we get some stories from you and I'll just read them nicely. But I also want to do more stuff like this. Poetry time but like bullshit poetry. Anyhow, it's been wonderful hanging with you tonight. It's nine o'clock. Go to quitefrankly.tv, become a sponsor. It would be a wonderful privilege if you enjoy this show to have you on as a monthly sponsor, no matter how small, no matter how big the sponsorship, it does not matter. I, uh, as long as you're comfortable with it and you can keep it up and you enjoy the show and, you, and you're just having a good time with me, it would be wonderful to call you a sponsor. And it also would be wonderful to see you on the Sunday unlisted live streams and everything else that goes along with uh, with your pledge. And tomorrow's another day. I'll see you then. Thank you for everything, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, say goodnight to Mark Swan for me. If any of you out there see him tonight. I'll catch you on the flip side.
quite frankly, filmed before a live studio audience, and now our super chatters, starting with Lucky, Ramsey WJ, 39416, uh, Magical Trevor, EO2Dave, Downtown, Silky Johnson, and Attitude at Altitude. Not to be outdone or forgotten, forgetting, Stakeholder on Rockfin. And everybody else on Pilled, I just released a scratch, and I'll see you in that chat room before long. Good night, everybody. I'm going to come. Do not come. Do not come.